Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Just a, just such a good hunt. You know, when you work so hard and you, you have such a frustrating, humbling start to your season, and then, you know, and then it ends like that, it's just, uh, it makes it all worth it. And um, it also, like, that, that day... Um, there was a rainbow right after I killed uh, him. So I got some super cool pictures with it. And then uh, and then the weather was just horrible the rest of the day. I mean, it was oh, raining. Daughter, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. Born with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Fall Obsession Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Fall Obsession Podcast episode driven by our friends over at Ridge Rock Hunt Company. I'll give them a shout out at the end of our uh, podcast here today. I'm Sam, your podcast host. Appreciate you guys tuning in on whatever uh, listening or uh, streaming platform you guys might be tuning in on. Um, on here today with one of our own staffers. It's not her first time she's been on here uh, with us before, and that's uh, field staffer Kim Sullivan. Welcome back, Kim. Thank you. It's been a while, but I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it has been a little while. Excited to have you back on here. I was actually going to hit that real quick. You know, you've been on here uh, a few times with us in the past. Um, first time was episode 46. If any of our listeners want to go back, um, you recapped a buck that you killed a couple seasons ago. Um, I think you joined us uh, around 70, 71 for some uh, just talk about your, your whitetail property and everything, your management tactics and some stuff you do out there. Um, and then we got to uh, talk to you about another buck that you killed um, in episode 83, which was, again, on another, just another stud whitetail on that property. So, um, But we're actually going to talk about some spring hunting today, I think is going to be the focus for our conversation. So looking forward to it. Yeah, little change up. It still doesn't get old hearing about the bucks, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. And I'm sure, uh, as you know, we'll we'll probably briefly touch on some of that uh, that whitetail management stuff at the at the end of our podcast. But 
Um, to start things off, though, if if our followers, listeners have been uh, have been keeping track, not that long ago they probably saw us or you or both post a photo of a turkey that you killed uh, one or two weeks ago. Now I, I guess it was, um, but that's kind of what we wanted to what we want to talk about today. I wanted to start off by just hearing kind of how everything started with this turkey season for you and kind of what your expectations were as you uh, as you entered the year and um, assume, assuming on your own property again as well. So, yeah. Uh, so I really don't, when, when it comes to turkey season, I'm still fairly new with it and expectations wise, um, you know, I don't set a very high standard for myself yet. And it's more or less, I just want to go out. I want to have fun. I want to have some success. Last year was the first year that I had actually killed one on my own. So again, I'm really new to it. Um, you know, I've gone a lot with my dad. We used to go all the time, my brothers and all that, but, um, trying to get into it more, um, on my own and it's, it's a challenge, but Turkey season and Turkey hunting there's when it all comes together, there's literally nothing like it. I think it's one of the more interactive hunts you can have. And, you know, it's just, it's an incredible, um, experience just to be able to kind of interact with those birds and just try to figure out what they're doing. And, um, I feel like I go out every time I go out, I learn something new, whether it's from my mistakes or, um, whether just from the birds alone, just being out there, or, you know, if I'm going with someone else, it's, it's very easy to pick up kind of things that they're doing, um, especially when they have a little bit more knowledge into it and they've been going a lot longer. Um, expectations wise, I don't hold myself high, but I really, really enjoy learning and appreciate just kind of get, I feel like I get better day by day. So, um, you know, it's, like I said, there's, Turkey hunting is just awesome, and and um, just to be out there and the thrill of it, it it speaks for itself. Um, this year, uh, this season, it it started super frustrating for me. Um, I I do spend a lot of time, um, but I am a teacher, so it's it's hard to take off a lot of days in a row, especially, you know, it starts um it starts looking bad if I'm like habitually taking off um, towards the end of the year, and right. um, so I. Just I try to limit that, but it, you know, you only, you only have so much time if you can, if you're a weekend hunter, it's, it's tough. Um, but I go pretty much every day I possibly can. And, um, I had a lot of close calls this year leading up to the bird that I killed. Um, and I had some, um, I missed a bird at 10 yards. Oh man. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I, I hate to admit that on here, but, you know, everybody, I feel like everybody that hunts has had something crazy like that happen. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I brought my gun home and I patterned it and it was a little high, but I don't like to use those excuses. I think, you know, it's just um, it, I, I take the blame for it. And, you know, so you learn from your mistakes. And, and there were times when I was super frustrated and I was ready to just quit, especially after missing. Um but it's one of those things where you just you have to be committed to it and you have to just stick with it. And and I'm grateful that I did um, because, you know, I the the bird that I killed um, was May 7th, I believe um, it was the Saturday a week before season went out. Um, so leading up to it, um, I the week that 
that week before the Saturday that I killed, I was basically hunting every day I could. You know, we, we only had a week left, so I felt the pressure. I was like, I haven't killed yet. Um, I've had some really close calls. And it's it's one of those things where, like, you could feel yourself getting closer, and it's like, okay, I can't give up yet. You know, like, I have to keep at it, keep at it, and be persistent with it. And um, I, I took off um, work Tuesday. I took a half day from school Tuesday. And I went, um, and I didn't really have a lot of luck. I, um, ended up hearing birds late, but I just couldn't get on them because I had to leave in time to get to work. Um, and then, you know, I, I think I, I had gone Wednesday morning. I go before work, which doesn't leave me a lot of time, but I'm still able to get out there and at least hear and kind of, kind of figure out maybe where they are. Um, the property that I hunt is 20 minutes the opposite direction where I work and I already have a 40 minute commute to work. Mm. Um, so it's a little tough. So usually I have to leave by about seven fifteen to make it to work on time at eight. And I, <laughs> I've had days where I've been pushing it and I'm literally <laughs> in the school building. And it, it's funny because I feel like, you know, some of the parents and kids that know me, they're like, Oh, she went hunting this morning. That's why she's running. <laughs> um, but I ended up going Thursday morning and, you know, I just said, well, I'm not, I can't take off work because I just took off Tuesday. Um, and I feel like we're in such a sub shortage that I feel bad for taking off because a lot of times we don't get subs to cover our classes and the kids just kind of, you know, they suffer from it. And I teach PE, so I have the best class, you know, ever. So they get so mad at me if I'm not there. Um, so Thursday I went and I knew I couldn't stay long. It, you know, I would have to leave by seven twenty at the very, very, very latest. And, um, I got out into the field and, um, I got there super early just because it's getting light here, you know, like five fifty in the morning. So it's wow. like, you know, you're, you've, you've got to be there and got to be ready. And so I got, I think I got there at like five thirty. Um, and I went to the edge of the field and it, I kind of was going in a little blind. Just I, I didn't know where they were and I didn't want to walk in too far. I didn't want to spook them. So I ended up hitting the owl call and, and one hammered and he was pretty close. And um, I knew exactly where he was because I had hunted those birds in that area a lot before in the previous years. So um, I ended up getting to the woods where I thought would be a really good spot to call him in. Um, and I thought that I was pretty close and I didn't want to try my luck and get any closer. Um, and he, I mean, he gobbled steady for six, from 620 to 720 from the time I had to leave. And I mean, I was trying everything I possibly could. I, um, I use a slate call and a box call. I cannot use a mouth call. I'm, I'm just haven't mastered that, that yet. So I don't even try with that. Um, you know, I was kind of switching up my calls a little bit, and there were times when he would cut me off. Um, there were times when I would I would not call purposely, and he would just, you know, he was he was super vocal that morning. And um, he was up on a ridge just across, like, this little creek that I just could not call him in. Like, he, he wasn't having any of it. Um, as, as we were, as I was like kind of calling back and forth with him, um, I heard a bird way behind me, and he was gobbling steady and you could tell that he was coming quick. So I ended up having to turn around where I was, um, set up. I turned around cause this bird, you know, when you hear them coming, you know, they're coming. Right. And, 
Um, I thought I was set up good. I was on the edge of this roadbed, um, old roadbed, and I was like, this is going to be great. He's going to walk this road. He's going to come straight to me. Um, I watched him come in the woods, and he went high, a lot higher than I expected um, coming in. And where I was set up for the other bird, it wasn't the best situation for this bird. And the way he came in, um, there was a little roll um, in the woods kind of up a hill, and he literally circled and was at the bottom of this hill I think at one point he had to have been 30 yards from me, but I never saw him because he was just over that roll and I just, there was nothing I could do. And um, I think at that point he kind of, he didn't like it. He didn't like the situation, didn't see the hand, you know, and he just kind of took off. Um, And they gobbled the whole time, but it was, you know, it was 7.15 and I looked at my watch. I was like, I, there's nothing I can do. I can't, I can't keep messing with them. So I just got out as quick as I could um, you know, I at least knew where they were and I was hopeful that, you know, I'd come back in the next day or so Friday, I decided I was just going to leave them alone Friday morning. I didn't go out. Um, and then we had a lot of thunderstorms Friday evening and there was like some break in the storms and I went down to the property and as soon as I pulled in, I saw a hen and then I saw him strutting, um, right behind her and another hen. And I was like, well, that's probably why I'm not calling them (laughs) when I can't come in, you know, he's with hens. Um, ended up making, um, a couple calls in the field. You know, I did not expect him to leave his hands, but he did. And he, I think he got a little spooked because I was more or less in like this wider open field. Um, and I had set up next to a tree, but I think he either just didn't like the situation of how like wide open it was and didn't see a hand. Um, and he didn't come in, he didn't get spooked. He continued to gobble the entire evening and i think towards the end of the night he was trying to call his hens back to him um so i just you know backed out and i was like well at least i know where he's probably going um tonight and um i came back saturday morning when i had more time and it i mean it downpoured friday night and saturday morning nothing when i got there i didn't hear anything and i just i didn't expect it because it was a beautiful morning and um you know, I walked the whole property. I walked the back side of the property thinking, okay, maybe he's just in a different area, nothing. And, um, finally, I think it was like maybe seven thirty. Um, I heard the first gobble and he was up on the same Ridge where he was Thursday. Hmm. And, um, you could tell there was two different birds up there. Um, so I just decided to sit um, to set up on a completely different location and kind of go around to the backside where there's a pasture, um, and get across the Creek this time instead of trying to call him over the Creek. And I think at this point it was just being, um, in the right place where the bird wanted to be. Um, because there was just a few calls made and, and he came right in and I shot him at 30 yards. There was two of them. I didn't see the second one until I shot the first one, (laughs) the second ran off. Um, but uh, I think I think I shot you know the the boss bird so because he was coming in first and um, um, just a, just such a good hunt you know when you work so hard and you you have such a frustrating humbling start to your season and then you know and then it ends like that it's just uh, it makes it all worth it and um, it also like that that day. Um, there was a rainbow right after I killed uh, him. So I got some super cool pictures with it. And then, uh, and then the weather was just horrible the rest of the day. I mean, it was raining, it was gross, it was cold. So I had that like nice little break, um, in the weather and it just happened like perfect, yeah. you know, it's just, especially the rainbow. Like I, I've never had that happen before, you know, like 
<laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say something about that because it's just it, it's it's just such a unique picture, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I know you sent us the the photos and everything of that, and it's just yeah, it's just it's so cool. And and now to hear that that's like that was in that window that break that you had in the weather. That's just yeah, meant yeah. to be. And it's funny because a lot of people um, from where I used to live, they were like, "Where are you?" Because the weather is not like that where <laughs> we. And I was like, yeah, I got lucky. You know, I had a little time frame where I got lucky. Um, but he was a great bird. Um, he's uh, 22 pounds, 11-inch beard, and um, inch and a quarter spurs. So he was a good bird. Wow. Very, yeah. very cool. Awesome. So is that the is that the only bird for this year? Or y'all have any yeah. season left or anything? Or? The only one. I feel like I could have been tagged out this year, but <laughs> missed a couple. And, you know, it's just uh, it's just how it goes. But, um you know, had a couple close calls, but I'm um, I'm happy with one. Next year, I'm gonna hold myself a little bit to a little bit higher standard, and I'm gonna not miss like I did this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So I, I know in some of the notes that that you know sent back and forth before the episode, I, I was gonna ask you about what what makes this hunt significant. I feel like just my impression is that you've kind of already summarized a lot of that, just with the frustrations early and then the you know, the success in that narrow window and everything, anything you'd like to add on just the significance of this season's bird? Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, just say, um, there's there, like I said, there were a lot of times, um, when I literally just was like, I'm done. Like I'm done turkey hunting. Like this is so frustrating. Just like I'm getting such close calls and then it just doesn't happen the way it should. Um, I think it's just, um, just very, you know, just being persistent and um, realizing that, you know, it's, it's bigger than just killing a bird. Like it's, um, you know, there, there's memories that are made. Um, you get so much out of just like feeling the hard work that you put in. And sometimes like the way that it happened for me, I'm so glad that it happened in that moment. And, you know, I, it just, it's just such a great feeling. Um, just not giving up and then just having that reward in the end. It's, you know, you can't, you can't stop when things get frustrating. You just got to keep going. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't put any, any better. We've had a lot of, a lot of guests here recently, actually on the podcast that have kind of shared some similar experiences to that. It just in, you know, keep, keep pushing, keep, keep trying, you know, it's, uh, it's not that far away. And I know, I know for sure, you know, talking about the, you know, the payoff, the, the rewarding side of everything, all the work you put in. I know you've talked about that before on here, just, you know, with, you know, doing all your own work out there on your own place and everything and having it pay off. And, um, I'm assuming these white tails on the wall behind you are, are, uh, yeah, that, that those two are mine right there. Yeah. Is, is that the last two years bucks? Um, that, let's see. No, this one, was, this one was 2016. Um, that was two years ago, and then I have another one that I haven't put on the wall yet. Was my um, bow buck from last year? Okay. And then I, I have two that are still a taxidermist. From wow. last, yeah, so they they haven't come back yet. Actually <laughs> <laughs> sent me a picture the other day. He said I'm working on it today. I was like, yay! So they're coming. So awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah that that's that's awesome. Again, just to to have that rewarding factor, whether it's those guys on the wall behind you, turkey, whatever it might be, you know, to, to have it pay off. I know the feeling, I know a lot of people do. So yeah, there's nothing like it. And I think, you know, like the more you hunt, 
the more you're going to have some super humbling experiences. And um, it's a matter of do you overcome it or do you quit and get frustrated? You know, I think um, I think if you are a true hunter that you absolutely are going to have those stories, but it kind of makes it all worth it. If, if you walked out every single time and it was just an easy, perfect thing, would you like it as much, you know? Yeah. No, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to work for it. Yep. Well, talking about, uh, talking about those whitetails and everything, um, like I mentioned at the beginning, you've been on the podcast before, not just to recap some of your successful whitetail hunts or whitetail seasons, but also to talk about um, your property and the some of the land management and stuff that you do out there what uh I, I know you've been you've been teaching and you're about to about to have that break that summer break and everything but where where are you in the process and what big things if any do you have that you're that you're looking at or that you got to get done for this upcoming deer season yep so i have less than a week left um for teaching and a summer off um right now the biggest thing obviously like it starts work starts now like it's you know it's already kind of some of the fields are have already we have to get serious with bush hogging and stuff like they they have grown tremendously um so we're behind a little bit but um the biggest thing right now um that we're running into is the prices mm. of roundup fertilizer lime it's outrageous and it's just like um i think the focus this year is going to be downsizing a little bit on food plots and focusing more on the more important ones just because it's i mean i, I can't afford it i'm a teacher <laughs> like yeah. it's all i can to you know like afford to live and putting that much money into it is just it's crazy um so the first plan is just really going to be like picking out and focusing the most important food plots um, and trying not to go crazy with money because it's, I mean, it adds up super quick. It's already uh, in the past been super expensive. Um, but um, you know, it, again, it's, it's, what are you, what are you putting into it? What do you want to get out of it? Um, but there's, there has to come a point where we have to kind of manage it and really pay attention to money and um, not, not put so so much into it so this year is going to be one of those where we do downsize um but we know i think the most important food plots that really need the most into them um some of the food plots will be okay with just mowing and, and maintaining and not really throwing too much money into it but then you know but then with that it's gas prices it's, you're paying for all that it's crazy so it's just um you know, just really paying attention to the most important ones this year. Um, also, my camera system right now, we don't have cameras out. I actually just um, took some of those down. Um, we've been, I use the Cuddy Link cell cameras at one of the further properties and then just regular Cuddy Link cameras or Cuddy Back cameras here um, around the house where it's closer. And um, that's expensive. It, it's super expensive to maintain the cell plans for that. And just batteries are crazy expensive now too. Mm. So, um, we're giving the cameras a break. We have, I have ran into, um, bear already biting through the lenses of some of our cutty link expensive cameras. Mm. So, um, we're taking them down until we, I'm, I'm probably going to put them back up in July. Um, I think that's when we, you know, really start focusing on what bucks we have, Last year, we had a lot of younger 
really decent sized deer um, that I think are going to be super exciting to see this year. Probably some borderline bucks. Um, I had a couple target bucks from last year that just went MIA. Like, I don't know where they went. Um, we never heard of anyone killing them. Um, never saw pictures. People that hunted around us never saw them. So I'm hoping that those deer show back up. And um, I think for me, that's the most exciting thing in, in the summertime is to kind of pay attention to the cameras and um, and check out um, what bucks we have. We always have some random ones that show up too. So just kind of starting to focus in on that because I'm, I'm super like, I love studying the deer, studying the bucks and knowing ahead of time because I still get so excited when I'm hunting and, and when I see one coming in, like I, I've got to know ahead of time, is it a shooter or is it not? Um, Cause sometimes my decision-making process out there is the best when I'm, you know, when I'm all uh, experiencing a little bit of a rush. So, yeah. um, so, so the cameras will come back out. I have to figure out last year we um, in Franklin County, we were not allowed to um, put any any feed out because I guess um, of some of the diseases that were going on with the deer in the area. So I'm not sure if we're going to be able to, I need to check, double check on that to see what we can put out in front of our cameras this year, if we're allowed to do that or not. So, hmm. um, you know, just paying attention to all that. So basically just uh, taking notes right now um, on what we need to do, which ones are more important, where we can kind of cut back with some money and, um, and focusing on our cameras, getting those back out in uh, midsummer. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm on the same page with you for sure. We on our Texas property, you know, I've, I with uh, we we run Spy Point for our for our cell cams out there, and I, I, I'm the same boat. I couldn't afford to to run every camera that I got, you know, on the on the cell plans and everything year round. But fortunately for Spy Point, they they have like a a free plan, which is like, it caps you off at like 250 photos a month or something like that. Yep. So can at least still see some of what's going on out there in the off season. So during the season, I, I upgrade everything, but off season, I just, I can't afford that. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So, but anyway, we're, we're, we're kind of in the same boat in that we're, you know, just now starting to get to the point where we're going to put some more sets out, get some more cameras rolling back out and everything here in the next couple months. And, uh, you know, try to try to start seeing these bucks as they come up. Cause uh, again, almost the same as you, I had a lot of borderline bucks last year, a lot of, a lot of up and comers and I'm excited to see, excited to see where they're at. And I had mature bucks disappear on me too. And mm -hmm. some of them would, some of them would come back. Um, some of them would just never heard of anybody killing them hoping that they still show up you know it's just kind of in there in between my my number one target buck last year he actually he disappeared for a while and then he showed up at my dad's stand which is a mile and a half away from mine and this is post rut and hung out there for like four weeks and then disappeared again and then he's back at my stand right before they shed their antlers so I'm like, I, I don't know what to think of that guy, but he's a traveler. Where's he going to be? Where's he going to show up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it'll, it's just going to be really interesting. We're excited. Yeah. Remember my target book, Kelsey, that I talked about yeah. in one of my podcasts? He's still out there somewhere, I'm hoping. So, you know, he's broken off um, half of one of his sides last year. So um, I never got, I never saw him, though, other than on camera. So um, I'm hoping he's still out there. <laughs> 
We'll see. He will be a monster this year if he shows back up. I mean, hopefully. I hope he's not, like, declining, but, you know, you never know. So, we'll see. Yeah. No, that I would think that'd be hit lister number one for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, 2022, I'm sure it's the year it'll happen. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> well, Kim, is there anything on uh, the turkey hunt, whitetails, your uh, kind of your land management stuff out there, anything else you'd like uh, to mention or hit before we uh, start concluding here? I mean, I don't think so, other than just, you know, lesson learned, like everybody just, just put your work in and, and don't give up when things get tough. Um, you get so much more out of the reward in the end if um, if you work for it. So just don't get frustrated, don't quit, keep at it, um, and just uh, enjoy it as you go. Make sure, make sure you remember to enjoy it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well said. Well, for our listeners and viewers, we appreciate you guys tuning in to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. A little bit on the on the shorter end of our episodes today, um, but that's that's all right. We have a few of those. Um, if you guys haven't already, whatever podcast platform or streaming service you guys might be tuning in on, hit that follow and subscribe button and make sure your notifications are turned on. We drop a new episode every single Monday morning. Um, so be sure that you guys tune in. That way you don't miss out on any uh, future up-and-coming episodes. Um, if you're listening to the audio on a streaming device, then uh, just know that there's also a video to all of our podcast episodes now, and that'll be on our YouTube channel a couple days after we drop the audio. So head on over to that YouTube, check us out. we got multiple new videos dropping frequently on there, um, so be sure you subscribe to that. Other social media sites are uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Go like and follow all of those. We're also on Go Wild, which is a censorship-free uh, hunting and outdoor social media platform specifically for hunters and outdoorsmen. We've been uh, working with them kind of exclusively on some stuff and uh, getting set up on there. So there's plenty of links on our website um, and on our own social medias if you guys want to go over there. We're also getting uh, established on Waypoint TV, which is a hunting and outdoor streaming service. It's an app you guys can download for free on your phone. Um, hundreds of shows and podcasts on there, including ours, so go check that one out. Fallobsession.com is the hub. That's where you can find all of our uh, original content, video series, educational articles, gear reviews, wild game recipes, a bunch of other stuff. We cover hundreds of different topics, so head on over to fallobsession.com and explore. Um, you'll also find our apparel on there. I'm rocking the Pronghorn Country shirt. Kim's got the American Pride shirt on um, in the podcast as well. So be sure you head on over, check out our designs. We've got some new spring apparel that we just launched on there as well. Finally, Ridge Rock Hunt Company, they're our podcast partner and sponsor. Um, go check them out. Derek and Lacey over there in Mississippi, they book hunts. Um, with vetted, trusted outfitters that Derek himself has hunted with or somebody that he knows and loves has hunted with. So um, he guarantees a good experience, and he'll work with you to find what you're looking for in your budget. Um, so head on over to Ridge Rock Hunt Company, social media website, check them out, and your dream hunt might not be that far away. So, Kim, thank you again. Enjoyed catching up. Yeah, you're so welcome. I hope I'm back on here in the fall. I'm sure I'm sure you will be. We'll be talking about uh the story behind putting Kelsey on the ground. So Yes, I like it. <laughs> All right. Well guys, thank you all for listening to another Fall Obsession podcast. And we will be back with you guys again next Monday morning. Tune in then. <laughs>